Welcome to Boss of My Money podcast, your number one choice for bite-sized lessons on how to take care of your coins and achieve financial success. I am your host, Esther Bangura, the founder and budgeting expert at Boss of My Money. So whether it's improving your money habits, developing a wealthy mindset, becoming debt-free, saving money, or learning how to invest, girl, say no more because you are in the right place. And if you want to get clear about where you stand financially, why not get your hands on one of my amazing freebies, my five-step guide to organizing your finances at bossofmymoney.co.uk. Hi there. So I'm so excited about today because I have an incredible guest. Um, Her name is Vashni and she is a young, amazing, money savvy woman who is showing young people that it's possible to be financially successful even while you're studying and even at a young age. I was inspired by Vashni's story on Instagram when I saw um, just the things that she did in order to save money. And I was like, wow, this young girl, is amazing. And I'm telling you, if I did the things that Vashti did when I was 23, I think my financial situation would be a lot different. Um, so without further ado, Vashni, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, everyone. <laughs> so please, please, um, you know, tell our listeners about yourself. Um, where are you from? What do you do? And yeah, applause yours. Um, So I am from Bristol and I work as a HR officer in a small to medium company. I also have my own business. It's a tutoring business. It's myself and my sister-in-law and we tutor math and English to six to 13 year olds. Oh, wow. So it's, oh, that is amazing. I absolutely. So how long have you been doing that? Is it something that you started recently or what made you get into tutoring? So I started that at the beginning of the pandemic um, last year. Um, Mm -hmm. It was just because my niece and close family members around me, they were missing out on education Mm. because I knew that I was quite education. I've always been into education. I quite like teaching but never actually wanted to become a teacher. I yeah. thought, okay, I'm going to help them out. And they was actually learning really fast. And I started creating programs for them. And then my mum was then started telling her friends, and they was like, oh, she should get into tutoring. My daughter would like that. So then it became, it just started as a side hustle, just yeah. to make a bit of money on the side, but then also help out the kids as well as the schools was off. And then, yeah, it just developed. I didn't expect it to become a business. It was just mm. supposed to be, a side hustle and then it became it just got more interest and now we're here today at the minute we've got 13 kids um between myself and my sister-in-law which is amazing but absolutely wow. love it wow like have you always like wanted to start a side hustle at a young age because most like a lot of young people like the idea of being an yeah. entrepreneur side hustle business but yeah. it does take a bit of work has that always been you or was it just you saw the need in the pandemic and you thought you know what there's a need out there and I think I have the solution yeah I didn't ever really think I'm going to start a side hustle or a business I think it was almost an accident I Mm. kind of just fell into it and then I realized actually I'm really good at this there's a need for it and I don't really see a lot of people doing it um and Mm. when I began it it was just for BAME so black children or 
any other ethnic minority. I was just doing it specifically for them mm. um, on a summer program, just because I realized that, you know, if they get six months off school, they're more likely to have a bigger gap in yeah. their education um, than their other counterparts. So I thought I'm going to help them out. And then it just, it just grew. So it was all an accident. <laughs> Wow. I, I love that. And it's so inspirational as well. And, and you're doing such an amazing thing for the young kids. Um, I need to let all of my sort of sister-in-laws know about yeah. you. So you might need to bring another person on. <laughs> I've started thinking about that as well. If I need to take another person, because we are quite full at the moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's all just a work in progress. And we don't know how lockdown is going to be. I know now they've said um, that kids will start going back to school again, like part time. But we don't know when that will be and how that will look. Um, so, yeah, that is absolutely amazing. So, you know, your journey is inspirational Um to me, because so many young people are struggling today, you know, with studying, managing personal finance. Um, a lot of young people are in debt and just don't really have the habit of saving. So when did your financial journey begin and what made you decide to pursue financial freedom or financial success, however you you like to define it? I think I've always been a saver. So I grew up in a single parent household. So a lot of the times I didn't always have the same things that other kids did. So I can remember a time when I was about 12 or 13 and the Blackberry was like the new thing in school and everyone had that. They got it for Christmas and I didn't have it. So I thought, well, I can't get this because my mum can't afford it. So I got lunch money every single week and I also had a card. So it was like a free school meals card. Mm. Um, and I basically used the card to get myself lunch. And then I saved my lunch money. And mm-hmm. I did that for a few weeks and any other bits of money that I would earn. And I bought myself a Blackberry. Um, it was £170 at the time. And this was just when I was 12. And oh, I think- my goodness. <laughs> I would have been so envious of you. Like, how <laughs> on earth can she afford that? I think it's it took a while. Um, it was like bits of birthday money or just saving 10, 20 pounds mm. of money that I'd get. But it was just kind of I knew I couldn't get it from my mum, which means I need to get it some other way and I can save the money to buy it. And that's what I did. And I think that's when it started. I realized that there's some things that I'm gonna want, but you know, I'm not as fortunate as other children who live in a two-parent household and have two incomes. And that is something that my mum always told me she always said I try my best to put everything on the table to do everything for you but I'm a single mother so I can't always do everything um and I think it was from then I was just like right if I want things I'm gonna have to work for them basically I'm gonna have to work and I'm gonna have to start saving so when I was about 17 and I got my first my first um retail job then I was still living at home and I was saved I think at the time I was saving about a hundred pounds a month or 50 pounds a month it was small but it was relative to my income at the time because I was just part-time and I would give my mum about 50 pounds a month and yeah so I think ever since then I've always just thought I need to save Mm. my mum's always said you need to save saving's good you never know what could happen I never really had intentions to save a specific amount I just Mm. need to save and it just grew over time 
Do you know something? I, as you're speaking, I'm sort of doing some self-reflection. Yeah. And um, I really hope that the young people sort of listening kind of walk away with this as well, is that, you know, your childhood experience, you know, led you to want to do things differently and to kind of prepare for the future. Now, I I grew up, you know, I didn't grow up in like a rich family, but I didn't grow up in a poor family. Like there was times I felt we were poor and there was times I felt we had loads of money. Um, but when I started working or when I had access to money, I was like, well, since I've grown up with not a lot of money, I now need to spend all the money that I have. And so it's interesting that how, you know, out of, you know, similar situation that you were able to kind of be like, okay, I'm going to take the path that is going to lead me to financial freedom as opposed to right. Since I didn't enjoy then, I'm going to enjoy now. And that's kind of what happened to me when I, you know, started working and having access to money. I used that almost as an excuse or a justification as to why now I need to spend money and get into debt. So that's really interesting. And I'm so glad that you're sharing that because it's interesting. Yeah. It's it's um, good for young people to understand that it doesn't matter what your childhood experience has been, you have a choice as to whether you're going to use that to motivate you in, you know, managing your finances well, in developing good saving habits as you have done. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you developed the saving habits from when you were young. Um, So it was kind of easier for you to save because you started very early. You you know, save bits of money here and there. I like to call that, you know, paying yourself first. So you develop that whole practice of paying yourself first from an early age. Tell us more about, you know, when you when you started uni, how, how was that, you know, what made you decide to keep going? Because there's a lot of temptations. There's, you know, what challenges did you face and how did you decide to stay focused on your financial goals? Yeah, so... When I started uni, um, you know, a lot of when you get your first student loan, I think I might have got about two and a half thousand pounds. I was still living at home at the time. So it was really easy for me to just say, I'm still at home. I don't have loads of financial commitments. I'm going to spend this two and a half grand. Mm. Um, but by I went to uni when I was 19 and by then I'd already bought my first car, which I saved for. So I knew that wow. well, I'm not going to buy a car with this money. Um and I was already living at home and I felt like at that time I had all the things I needed. I, If I wanted to go on holiday, I could just, you know, put it in a holiday fund. I just never felt the need to upgrade my car or to mm. just buy nicer things. I know that there's this massive temptation in uni students to just, you get that money and you spend it. Loads of people will buy, their, buy a car or they might already have a car and they just want a nicer one. Yeah. For me, it was just, I think I have a decent car. And I live at home and I have a job. So that's good enough for me yeah. to just continue. I, I love that because it it just goes to show that like being financially successful, yeah. it's not just about having access to money. It really is about the decisions that you make with the money that you have access to. And so you were very good at just being realistic about your situation and also being able to differentiate between your needs and your wants. So, okay, I may want a a new car. 
but do I need a new car? This one's working fine. And, you know, so, yeah. And I think a, a lot of people, not just young people, try to separate the two. And it's like managing personal finance is all about decision making. And it's all about balancing your needs with your with your wants. We all want things, you know. Yeah, um, exactly. I wanted Caribbean food yesterday, <laughs> but I had food in my fridge, you know. Um, there's rice at home. <laughs> exactly. There's rice at home. Eat your rice at home. Um, so there's all these you know, wants that we have, and it's not that they're a bad thing to have, but it's really just putting it in perspective where you don't become financially worse because of your wants and you balance the the two. Um, But I feel like you were such a special, you know, woman and you were grounded from day one, which is so important to get that grounding from an early age, early on, you know, don't wait until you finish uni. Don't don't even wait until you start uni. Don't yeah. wait until you finish uni. Don't wait until you get your first job. Don't wait until you're earning a certain amount. Begin to develop these habits, you know, at an early, very early stage as you have. Yeah. Amazing. So um do you want to share like some of the things that you did in order to save? So you mentioned that you were living at home. What made you decide to live at home as opposed to um, move out or go to uni on campus? Yeah, that's that's a good question because I get that um, quite a lot. So I it, it was either a decision between um, going. So my sister lives in another city, and it was either going to stay live with her and go to uni there, or mm. stay in home. It was the only unis I liked. Um, and I think at, at the time I was in a relationship and my partner was really far away. So he was in University of Essex and I'm in Bristol. And I thought if I go even further, we're going to be yeah. so far apart. Um, we, we, we were young, but our relationship was quite serious at the time. I thought I didn't want to go further apart because he's about to finish uni. I want to just stay put here. I like Bristol. Mm. I like university. And then I can also save money. So saving money was always in the back of my mind. I thought if I move away, I don't want to be broke all the time. I want to be able to travel and still live a normal life instead of mm-hmm. labeling myself as a student. Yeah. Um, all those different things. It was wanting to save um, my relationship and then just generally like in the city. Um, I'm not really a big fan of change either. So I think moving to a whole new city would probably scare me. Um, so I've just always stayed put in where I am. So, yeah, I think I think, yeah, that's what made me decide to stay. And yeah, and it's interesting because um, it's it's when students have to decide whether to stay home or to sort of move out. It's not based on one thing, is it? Just as you yeah. explained, it's it's different things that you have to a number of things that you have to consider, um, yeah. and just make sure that the choice that you make is right for you, not yeah. right for anybody else, not right for your parents or right for your friends, but. You think about, okay, what's important to me right now? My relationship yeah. with my partner is important to me, you know, and me, you wanting to enjoy, to continue to enjoy life. Because yeah. I say to like a lot of students and young people that it really is a choice whether or not you want to be a broke student. Like you don't have to go down that path or follow, you know, that road. It's a choice that you make that, okay, yes, it's the norm that students are always broke and it's always a struggle, but that doesn't have to be the case for you. Um, And you've clearly shown the possibilities of that. Um, So when you were, when you were at uni and so you're living at home, so you were able to save more because your expenses were low. 
um, what other things did you kind of do to help you to continue to save, help you achieve your goals? Um, and were you saving for anything specific or just saving? I feel like I've just asked you 10 questions in yeah. one. <laughs> so once I was in uni, um, because I'd already saved and bought my car, um, yeah. I still got that car now. So I think that's quite important to mention. Just Amazing. We'll assume that once you get a car in uni, after a few years, you need to upgrade it. So I still got that car and it's doing me great. Um, but I just, when I was at home, I was working part time. I was working about 20 hours per week. Mm. And then on top of that, so I was already fine working those hours. Um, okay. I was working mainly 30, 35, so around full time before uni. Mm. And then when I got to uni, I dropped my hours down. Um, and then even though I dropped my hours down, it was still enough to because I'm living at home, I would give my mom money. I was giving her about £200 a month at the time. And I think that's quite important to mention as well, because sometimes people assume that because you're at home, you're not contributing any anything. Yeah. Um, so I was paying rent at home and, you know, it was just car running cost, um, some food when I'm outside of home, maybe going out, maybe saving money into my travel funds. So mm-hmm. with my student loan, I would also get bursaries as well because, um, my mum's a single parent. So yeah. my birth, I would save them all. You have things like insurance and things that happen with your car. So I would just put all of that money aside mm. and try to save as much as possible. So any expenditure that I had would be, I would use my student loan for that. And I was saving pretty much all the money that I was earning. Wow. Um, so it meant that I was still able to save quite a lot because I had the two and I could live off the student loan and save my actual income yeah so I did that for pretty much the entire time at uni um it would the the income that I would earn independent on how many hours I was doing at work would go up or down depending Mm. on what was going on at uni how stressed I was but the amounts I was saving changed but I was still saving throughout the entire time and and that was going to be my next question. How did you juggle studying and working? Because a lot of students, um, not by choice, they have to work because the student finance money that they're getting isn't enough. So they have to kind of get a part-time job. And some of them are struggling because they need the extra one, 200 pound every month, but then it also takes them away from studying and focusing on on their studies. And so I tried to you know, remind young people that, you know, when you're at uni, the whole point is you're trying to focus on your studies, enjoy life a little, but you want to end uni well. You want to look back at those three, four years and say, I did my best and you came up with good results. And working sometimes can take um, time away, you know, from, from doing that. So how did you juggle working and studying? I think because I went to uni in my hometown, mm. I feel like my uni experience from all the other people that was in my classes or the people that I met was completely different. Okay. Um, so they've gone to a different city. So they wanted to go out, party in and do all of those things and have that typical uni experience. But I didn't really have that experience. I already had friends in my hometown. My family was already there. So I didn't really feel the need so much to get myself out there, make loads of friends, mm-hmm. go to clubs, because I'd already been to those places before. So I'm a bit of a homebody anyways. So <laughs> I would just I would just go to uni um 
go to the libraries, dedicate some time in the library, and then I would work um, about four hours in the evenings mm. or on the days off from uni, I would work those days. It, I think it was, it's, I think it's really dependent on your circumstance, but I was really dedicated. It was just the days that I'm working, I'm working, and the days that I'm off work are is complete studying. Mm. Kind of I didn't, I don't really go out that much anyways, even now. So I think because of the way I am and my personality and because I'm not, I'm not that sociable in terms of going out a lot and trying to make loads of new friends. I think that really helped with the amount of time that I had to dedicate to uni mm. and to be able to separate that from, from work. So I think, yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much how I did it. That's really interesting because I, I do see how that would actually work that you're right when you're, if you stay in your own city, you're already familiar with the area there's nothing new as such to explore. You know, you you will make new friends and you could, you know, go out places and stuff. But yeah, so I think, I'm sure if they did a survey on how much young people are able to save whilst at uni or how much debt they avoid, you know, whilst at uni and living at home, yeah. I would be interested to see the data on that. So it may make sense. And I think even now, like I have a lot of young people that I coach with budgeting and, you know, they're in a rush to move out. And I'm just like, look, if you get on with your parents and if you can just be patient, then use this opportunity, you know, rinse this opportunity, save as much as you can because you don't want to leave home and then struggle for years because the expenses are, are far different, you know? So I think if you can make it work living at home, make it work. And, but whilst you're living at home, do save, you know, like when I speak to young people and they're living at home and, you know, they're working and their contribution, you know, could be maybe two, 300 pounds. And I'm like, you could be saving 500 pounds every month. No excuse. And you will have money for your deposit in like a few years or even sooner. Um, and so it's a really interesting point that you've made. And it's it's one that I think more young people should consider. You know, I know sometimes parents can be a pain in the butt. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's just, it's like, okay, sometimes you just have to suck it up. And I was actually talking to um, my, my sister and we were just packing up on the phone because... Um, she was the second young person that I spoke to who's who's living at home. And we were talking about like how even like the 200 pound that you're contributing, like how young people should write a contract to be like, look, <laughs> I'm paying rent here. If I was renting someone else's house, yeah. they would not be knocking on my door at eight o'clock in the morning. Don't knock on my door just because you're my mom and I live in your house. Yeah. Or just because you're my parents, do not knock on my door at eight o'clock because I'm still sleeping. In a black household. Honestly. <laughs> okay, so that won't work then in a black household. No. no. <laughs> I think I actually negotiated mine down to 200. It was, I think, like 350 before and I had to negotiate. I was like, there's no way. There's oh, no I love way. it. I so had it, to negotiate down. <laughs> And it, it comes with its pros and cons, you know, and this is what you have to weigh. And 
it that's with everything in life you know everything in life every financial decision you make has its pros and cons and you just have to kind of go back to what your values are go back to who you are as a person how do you want to show up in this world and make the decision based on that you know and it works for some people and it doesn't for others just walk in your truth and be okay with the decision that you've made yeah so um Let's kind of fast forward to sort of, you know, past few months or or years. So you you've finished uni, well done, and you're working full time, and you have a business um, going on as well, which is amazing. Yeah. So, what financial goals have you been working on? What has that been like? Why is that particular goal important to you? And please share the lessons that you've learned as well from your goals. Okay, so um, from the beginning, so when I started uni, I've always, when I was began saving, once I hit around 10K, I thought, well, I need to decide what I want to do with this money eventually. I can't just leave it in a savings account. Um, mm. That's not the best way to invest money. So I thought um, I'd like to buy a house and me and my partner spoke about it. So this was years ago. And so at the minute, we are in the process of buying a house. So that's been Thank you. So excited. <laughs> so that's that's been the main um, goal that we've been working on. And I think going forward after all of that's done, we just want to renovate it, which also costs loads of money. Mm. So we're still trying to save loads just to put that on the renovations. But I think in terms of financial goals, it's not necessarily for me. It's not about having a certain number. It's just about what I can do. Mm. Um, with my time so at the moment I can save loads because I work loads Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily want to work a lot in order to have more money so I need to I'm trying to find different ways to work less and earn more Um, and that's why I I got my sister-in-law on board with my business so that she can she can also earn money but I'm yeah. also earning money as well by having her. So I'm earning more by working less and not taking mm. on more duties. Um, so I'm kind of just trying to find different ways to be able to do that so I can get a little bit more financial freedom so yeah. I don't have to always work six, seven days a week to earn and be able to save the amount I do. I think that's just that's just the goal for me just financial freedom it might mean it could be in all different areas it could be just traveling more um buying another mm-hmm. property to have some passive income coming in um per month so i think that that's definitely my goal at the moment and just chipping away at that um in terms of lessons that i've learned i think um it's probably around productivity. So mm-hmm. I'm the sort of person that if I'm not product if I'm not productive one day, I kind of beat myself up about it and say, you know, why am I being lazy or I'm not being productive? Um, and I kind of just think that I'm not going to get anywhere if I'm not being productive or constantly working. Mm-hmm. And I think that minds I I've just developed that mindset over time just because I'm always working. Mm-hmm. And I think. I'll only make, I'll only see results when I'm working, which is true to an extent. You'll only really see results if you work for them. Yeah. Um, But then I think it's just a case of not, it's not constantly thinking that you need to be working on something all the time, always trying to achieve a goal or trying to go to the next step. It's just Mm. more about enjoying the moment. 
yeah and so I think that's that's definitely a lesson I've learned and that's since going through this house buying process I'm just trying to just take it all in and just enjoy it and yeah wanting to rush it and just just appreciate where I'm at at the moment mm. and being able to look back and think well this is where I was at point a and now I'm at point b and being able to see that I think once you achieve your goals you kind of you don't really see where you've come from you just think of the next the next step yeah so, yeah that, you've, that's, you've made that's some it. you've made some really really interesting point like I didn't realize we were gonna go deep there <laughs> but you, you've clearly taken us there so we're gonna have to go there now um but one of the things that stood out when you were speaking just now about the lessons. So would you say that your money personality is a saver? Yeah, I think I'm a saver, but I don't always necessarily want to be a saver. I want to, I want to travel more. Like my dreams is to see a lot more of the world. I want to um, do loads of volunteering work with kids abroad. That's always been a goal of mine. Yeah. Um, I know that in order to do that, I can't just get up now and just decide to travel the world. I need to have some stability at home. I need to have some income coming in at home. I need to have a house that I can go back to, things like that. Yeah. So I'm definitely a saver because even now doing these renovations, I've got a spreadsheet and I've organized everything, <laughs> how I need it to be. I've, I've got a budget. Um, we're trying to stick to it. So okay. yeah, definitely a saver. I'm a serial saver. <laughs> I love it. And it's, it's, it's something to be proud of. Like we all have different money personalities. There's the saver, the spender, the avoider, you know, the risk taker, we all have different money personalities and one isn't better than the other. It's just all about, we have to be all of those things at different times. And it's just about having the balance, but I love that you have goals because for, for savers, the key is to have short, like, bite-sized goals and and achieve them and spend the money because saving comes natural but spending is something that they tend to hesitate so I am a spender so you and I will get along very well because I can teach you how to spend that money girl um so I've had to kind of learn lean more towards saving than spending I'm so much better now like my husband was saying the other day we had like a hundred pound in the house that was just there on the counter it was there for like months and he was like wow we have really come a long way because a few years ago that hundred pound we would have found something to spend it on but now I'm very comfortable with just seeing savings in my account to the point where like if I have to use it I'm like oh man do I really need to spend that money um so for anybody that's listening if you are a saver if that's your main money personality set short-term goals save the money and then you know use the money for that because you you can save it comes natural to you but you don't want to deprive yourself and I think Vashni you have a very good balance where you have these goals and you're working towards them and you know you're budgeting you're keeping spreadsheets that's just being mindful you know, um, I'm a Christian and in the Bible, it talks about like, will a man um, not consider his ways before building a house? So yeah. you budgeting and making sure that, you know, you're keeping tabs on what you're spending and do we really need this? Can we get it for cheaper? You're just being diligent with your money. Yeah. Um, so I like that you have a good balance 
Um, and then you mentioned about just like celebrating and rewarding yourself. Um, so my friend actually yesterday, she messaged me to kind of like congratulate me on, I had like an article appearance in the Glamour UK magazine. Um Thank you. So I didn't obviously write the article. I got contacted by a journalist and I contributed towards the piece. But this was like a few days ago. So the excitement wore off. So when she messaged me, she was like, you don't sound excited. I was like, I am. I was I was excited three days ago. Yeah. I said, not that I'm over it, but I'm just kind of moving on to the next thing. And I'm that way. Like, so I have to intentionally like I keep a gratitude journal because I do forget my wins sometimes. And sometimes I do give myself a hard time with, okay, right, move on to the next thing. Keep on going. Okay. You saved a grand. Now you need two grand. You saved three months. Now you need six months. And I have to kind of remember that. Okay. Esther, you are doing the work, you know, you are growing, you're making progress. It's not about being perfect. Um, but also just kind of, celebrate myself a bit more and celebrate my wins a bit more so thank you for speaking into that because um now I've got to go back to my friend and tell her she was right yeah definitely I think I'm I'm quite like that as well it's like you have the goal and once you take it off okay next one you don't even really appreciate mm. how hard you work to get to that goal and so that's that's definitely a learning curve I think it's a thing that a lot a lot of people um do just get into the goal and then just trying to go somewhere else. Um, yeah. And one of my, um, when I was doing therapy, my therapist actually said to me um, that you just need to be more mindful, practice mindfulness and try to be in the now as opposed mm. to in the past or in the future, just try to live in the now. And I think that's, that's what I do. I live in the future quite a lot. So I'm mm-hmm. always like, when I do this and I'm going to do this as opposed to I'm doing this right now, um, and this is what I'm doing right now. And I need to appreciate it now, not how I'm going to feel once I've already got it, because if I don't get it, then I'm just going to be really disappointed. So yeah, definitely. It's it's definitely a thing that we all need to practice. Oh, wow. I just had like a aha moment right there because um, I feel like that was me in my whole 20s. I lived very much in the future. And when yeah. I look back at, some of the things that I could have done. I was very, um, I, even now I would say I am a futuristic person. Yeah. And that from the day that I discovered that I've been working at being more present and yeah. living for the now, because I have no problems, you know, planning ahead and setting goals, no problem. But then I yeah. realized that it's all good planning for the future, but it's, it's the actions you take now that will determine that future goal. So I was very good at, I could, listen, I could put together the mingest budget, right? I will pitify it, everything. But then when payday came, listen, that budget was just like an art piece on my desk because I would not be looking at it again. So I've learned, you know, hence why I decided to become a budgeting expert is once you create the budget, the results come from going back into it. When you get paid, making sure that the plans you set for that budget actually happen. Um, So thank you for kind of allowing me to sort of see myself through you. Um, And I know that I have to keep working on that. Um, 
you and I will get along very well actually (laughs) we're very similar in a in a lot of ways and you do remind me of my young self and it's just nice for me to see that you know that yeah it's possible it's possible to be young and it's possible to start the journey at a young age and it's not that the journey is perfect it's we're not saying that either of our journeys have been perfect but when you start early because you're going on that journey you discover yourself a lot sooner and so you avoid making loads of mistakes and mistakes that will be detrimental to your finances you know like debt and ruining your credit and you know being in relationships where you you're being financially abused because you don't have any other option yeah um so I would love to know like what tools you used on your financial journey what were the things that helped you to stay focused and achieve your goals so I was always I've always been really career orientated so I used to watch um YouTube videos about girls in HR or how they've got there and what roles what roles they're in mm. um, and the next step. And I always used to, um, well, I still do watch Patricia Bright videos quite a lot. She talks about money a she lot. And I just love it. She's so I love her. She's hilarious. <laughs> she talks about money so much and she's so confident with talking about money. And I think mm. that for some people is quite uncomfortable. But mm someone it's easy to listen to her talk about money because she's so confident to say I'm a millionaire and this is how I did it yeah I would rather sit down for an hour and you know listen to her videos and her tell me how to become a millionaire Mm. not that I necessarily want to be a millionaire but just it just teaches me a lot of things and it's that it's those kind of videos that have just motivated me to just keep going I want to be like you kind of thing that's yeah like a role model yeah it's like not everyone is so not everyone outside of um the Instagram community, the financial community that I'm on is interested in sitting down and just talking about money, talking mm. about taxes and boring things like that. Well, I find <laughs> it exciting, but loads of people find it boring. Um, not a lot of people's interest in that. So I just go on YouTube and there are loads of people that are interested in that. And I think especially I usually watch black women talk about money because for me that's more on a personal level. Um, a lot of them have similar backgrounds and, you know, a lot of them come from single parent households or they just struggled. And that's a common theme in the black community. So listening to women talk about money and how they've done it is just like, great, you're my big sister now. I'm going to listen to what you said. You told me to get a side hustle. I'm going to get one. You've told me how to grow a business. That's great because I don't necessarily have someone who can guide me in that way. Um so I think the YouTube videos have been absolutely amazing. And then also meeting so many women on the financial community on Instagram has been great mm-hmm. because a lot of them, a lot of the people on this community are women. And it's so nice yes. to see women talk about money and be open about the amount they've got. And it's not even just savings. There's loads of women on the community who are also in debt and their journey is trying to come out of debt. And that's yeah. it's so nice to see them have a starting point and then they come out of debt. And I think it's just the motivation from loads of women that have the same mindset and that just keeps me going all the time. I love that. So like in, in summary, you, you found people that were where you wanted to be um, people that had similar experiences or you could relate to, which is really important. Um, 
and you found that supportive community, you know, people that were speaking your language and that you could talk about things that were important to you. And that's so key in anybody's financial journey is you have to be around a supportive network. You have to be around like-minded people where you're not just talking about clothes and, you know, the latest program on Netflix or wherever it is that you're talking about, but you're talking about money, you're talking about saving and, oh, guess what? I just paid off, you know, that credit card and I've got two more to go. You know, yeah. and we're, ce- we're celebrating and supporting each other in our financial goals as, as much as we support each other in our health goals and relationship goals and career goals. Yeah. Um, so I love that as well. And, and similar to you, you know, YouTube videos. I was watching videos when about investing when I didn't have no money to invest, when I yeah. was scared of investing. But by me consuming the information and content, when it was time to do it, I was more comfortable. You know, I yeah. felt well educated about the subject. I knew what to do and what not to do. Um, so even if you're, you feel that, oh, millionaire, I am nowhere near millionaire status. Yeah. It's actually, I discovered the other day that someone earning 25K, yeah. right, if they work for 40 years, they would have earned a million. So... Most, the average person that earns 25K that works until retirement age has earned a million. They have become a millionaire, but wealth isn't what you, um, it, it isn't what you receive, right? It's what you keep. So although they've earned a million, they don't have a million. Yeah. So becoming a millionaire is actually something that I've been thinking lately, this is actually possible. I even wrote a blog on it the other day. And I was like, let me just do some research. What does it really take to become a millionaire? And it's actually possible because a lot of us don't have problem earning money, right? We earn money, we work, we have side hustles. It's what we do with that money that counts. Um, So even if you feel that you're not ready yet to, you know, like, oh, I'm not earning enough to save, start saving £10 a month, just start yeah. with that. Start and then increase it to twenty pounds after three months. Increase it to forty pounds after four months. Um, if you're scared of investing, just start reading financial books. Start listening to other people talk about investing um, and learn and develop the knowledge. So when it's time, you don't have to start from ground zero. You know, you can just use the skills and the knowledge that you've gained and put it to work. Exactly. I think. Um on that as well um reading all the books and you know getting building the knowledge I think a lot of people do that but Mm. not a lot of people start um so I found that there's loads of people who talk about money or they might be interested in knowing how to invest or how to save and they buy all these financial books they read all these quotes but then they're not actually taking any actions to doing it their lifestyle is different from what they're actually trying to tell themselves in their head and so I think with that as well it's just it's just doing it just beginning like you said 10 pounds a month even if it's five even if it's it just builds up over time as you build the habits it just the amount that you can save becomes more because you learn new things each time each month you find ways to save and I think yeah definitely that's really important 
I feel like if I, I I'm looking for a mic to drop, but my mic. <laughs> if I take it apart and drop it, like I don't think I can continue with the podcast. But that's it. It's taking action. Like yeah. So when I first started my journey, and I was started to have the confidence to speak to people about finances, and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, I've read Rich Dad Poor Dad." Yeah. And I'm looking at them, you've read it. So what have you done with it? Yeah. So you've read it, which is great, but what have you done? And I got tired of people telling me that they've read this book, they went to that se- seminar, but what have you done with it? You know, um, so even in my podcast, I encourage my listeners to take action at the end of every episode because I love that you're here and you're listening. I love that you're gaining the knowledge, but at some point you have to put it to work. You have to take the action. Otherwise you won't get the results Start with the knowledge, but then, you know, accelerate your financial um, success by taking action. Because until you actually do something about it, you're not going to see the results. And that's where I see people get frustrated because they're like, yeah, but I know this stuff. Knowing it and actually doing it is two different things. Exactly. So thank you for um, bringing bringing that up. So I have a few more questions um, for you just to talk. And you did touch on this a little bit. You know, how have you found uh, like managing your mental health and money? Like how was sort of the pandemic impacted you and what lessons have you learned or what are you doing to sort of cope in this in this season with mental health and money? Yeah, so I think in the first lockdown, I was fine. The second lockdown, I found, I think this lockdown's a little bit harder just because it's mm-hmm. just ongoing. I just can't see an end goal. Um, but during my financial journey, I've had therapist. I've had a therapist and I had one for about a year. Yeah. Um, of course, it's private, so they're expensive. But for me, that was a priority over saving. So I was yeah. still able to save, but I knew I'd save a little bit for the next year or so because I've got to see my therapist yeah and for me that's just really important I think you can you can try to spend money on yourself take care of yourself whilst also saving mm-hmm. I could have decided not to have a therapist but then I don't know how that would have affected me and actually having one and helping my mental health in that sense was a lot more beneficial to me yeah um so I think at the moment mental health wise I think I'm okay at the minute because yeah. I've put in a lot of work and a lot of money into try and um, get to know myself and understand myself. And we've all got things that, you know, childhood traumas and just things that you've dealt with um, in your life that you need to, that you need to overcome. And mm-hmm. for me, in order to be a better person, to understand myself more, I had to invest in myself on a monetary value um, by having a therapist even though it meant that I was saving less. So I think mm-hmm. for me, mental health is always, always first. Um, and I've definitely put that first in my journey. There's been times that I haven't, which is why I ended up spending loads of money on a therapist. Mm. But on any journey that you go on in life, whether it, whether it's um, debt, coming out of debt or saving or a career path, I think mm-hmm. mental health should always, always come first, regardless regardless of the cost because it's just self-care yeah it's just self-care, definitely but I do think the lockdown just seems to be like there's no there's no light at the end of the tunnel it's just ongoing which is quite frustrating um for me 
in terms of my business, because the kids are off school, we've been a lot more busier. So I think yeah. I've been more focused on that. I haven't had a lot of time to really sit down and reflect, which is kind of good because quiet time and downtime for me is stress time. <laughs> that's much. like me. I just like to keep myself busy. <laughs> yeah, I think I think too much and that's that's the problem with me. So being busy and having my business and working loads, actually for some people that that causes them more stress for me. It causes me less stress because I'm not thinking as much. I don't have loads of downtime to think about the past or to to worry about anything. So and because I'm somebody who stays at home quite a lot, I've actually really been enjoying the lockdown and <laughs> I've been enjoying my time at home and just being able to focus on the things that I do want to focus on. But I, I do think it's getting a bit boring now. <laughs> I do want to go outside. Honestly, yeah. I, I I liked it when it was like part open, part closed. Yeah. So, okay, yes, the gyms were closed, but restaurants were open. You know, I could go down to Ikea. Um, exactly. But now it's like, no, everything is shut. Your hairdressers is shut. You can't go to the, can't do anything. Can't go get a massage. Can't even go to Ikea and just look at furnitures that you can't afford right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I do. And I love that you're investing in yourself. It's so important. And so it just goes to show your, you know, you're true to your why for financial success. It's not just about having a particular number in your bank account, but it's yeah. about the things that money can do for you. You know, exactly. it's the, it's how you can use money as a tool to help you to live your best life. And yeah. so many times where people want to do things for themselves and they can't because they can't afford it, but yet still we're spending money on all the, these other things We're paying credit card companies, you know, minimum payments every month and paying them more, over time but yet we can't even afford to pay for a 50 pound therapy session or a 100 pound therapy session or you know something I'm just gonna invest in this training or in this development yeah um so I love I love that you have a bigger why for financial success and you're literally like you're a true example of it that yes you're a saver but you also know when to invest in yourself and you also know when to pull back you know, in order to live in the, in the moment. Um, so thank you for, for speaking on that. Um, so like, what would you say is, is your most proudest, you know, financial decision and why? Um, it's funny because I think I'm going to say probably getting a degree and loads of people might disagree and say, you know, that's, these days, it probably isn't the best financial decision, but because of the career path that I've decided to take, I needed qualifications and I needed my degree. Mm. Um, and I want to grow in, in my career and keep going. And in order to do that, I need the qualifications that I've got and I need those experiences. Yeah. Um, for me, I think that was a really good decision. I think that was the best way to set myself up in what I want to do. Um but my so my degree is in business management, um, and I've took the HR path in business. But even because my business is quite because my degree is quite broad, mm. it's to have the skills to transform into a business. I can then have my own business on the side. Mm. I like education. I can put that into a business and use my business skills that I've got from my degree yeah. into that. I can then use my business degree in HR if I wanted to go in finance I can go into finance it's all 
I chose that degree because it was so broad and it could allow me to do so many different things. Yeah. So I think that definitely, it's definitely an investment, obviously an expensive one, but I don't really see degrees like that just because of the way we pay it back. I yeah. just don't think we're all going to pay it back. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's definitely one of my best investments. And I think it's mainly because I was investing in myself. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything materialistic wise that I can think of that I'd say, yeah, that has been my best thing because it's not a part of me. It's outside of me. Mm-hmm. Myself is definitely my best financial decision. And that's such an important, because I know a lot of young people have kind of given up on the education system that there's no point, it's not working and students are struggling at the moment. Um, So yeah, thank you for just being like, you know what, actually for me, so guys, you know, don't give up on your education, you know, just, and I think because you had a, you had a clear path, you knew what you wanted. So it also helped in picking the right degree and the right course that you would commit to for the three years and continue to to use. Um, So yeah, it's, it's nice to kind of know that we can still have hope in the education and you've not just gone and got a degree and got a job. You've taken it several notches up and even started your business with your degree. So that is absolutely amazing and something to be very proud of. Um, So, you know, just the kind of what are your what goals are you working on now? So what's going to happen in the future? What are your plans? What happens from here on? Um, So once we move into the house and renovate it, that's probably going to take a very long time. So that's going to be an ongoing project that we'll be working on. I think I'm going to probably take a little step back from trying to save as much I'll still be saving but just trying to enjoy where I'm at at the moment because I've worked for so many years to get Mm -hmm. to achieve that goal I don't want to just get in the house and great it's all renovated right next goal what's on the plan I I will do that as in I will think of where I'm going next yeah I think just you know just take my time and just really enjoy it um Mm -hmm. but my next goal is mainly travel travel focused I think and maybe grow my business um if that means taking an extra person on then I'll do that um so that that can give me some passive income as well um so I can earn more and then save more easily without having to work too much for it yeah Um, yeah a lot of my goals are travel related I just want to see the world I just think there's loads more to I feel like a lot of us are in a bubble sometimes and I feel like that as well I feel like I work loads, but I'm not re- rewarding myself enough. I'm not seeing the things outside of where I'm at. I'm not seeing things outside of my city. And so I'd like to just travel a lot more and I'd like to give back. So I think, I feel like my purpose in life is to give back and do things for others, which is why I love my business so much. Um, and I'd like to just go abroad, give back, volunteer, see the world. I think that's definitely a goal of mine. And then just, just grow. So was what's it? your first holiday destination after lockdown? Um, I need to go back home. Where's that <laughs> so home? home? Um, so home is Jamaica for me. So I was born in Jamaica. Thank you with you. Uh, <laughs> home is Jamaica. I came um, to the UK when I was five. Um, me and my partner's been together for five years, but he's never been there yet. So oh. last year. 
and the flights got cancelled. So I think the first place to go out of lockdown is definitely home um, so he can see my culture and meet my family back home and things like that. So home is definitely the first place to go. And then just loads of different countries. Cuba, I'd love to go to Cuba, go to many different countries in Africa. I just want to see everything. (laughs) (laughs) Everything. Oh, I love it. Make sure you share pictures so I can live my best life through you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I will. (laughs) Um, I'm currently living my best life through people that don't live in the UK. So honestly, yeah, it's so true. Do you know, I find myself when I'm scrolling through Instagram, if I see clouds or rain or someone with a jacket, I just scroll. Like I want to see beach where I want to see sun, you know, just to kind of cheer me up. But you know, I have no doubt at all that you are going to be living your dream. You know, you're yeah. you're on the path, you're doing it. Um, and as well, it's just, I know that every holiday picture I see of you, I know that that's you rewarding yourself. Yeah. Um, so go for it, girl. So just to kind of um, bring it to a, a close, like what words of encouragement, what tips um, do you have for you know, young people. And I feel like you've done such a great job in just being grounded and being consistent um, with your financial goals. Like, what do you have to say to any young person that's listening out there that is either just starting out uni or has just finished? I think if I could say something to young people, I'd say just begin just start. Mm-hmm. if you want to do something and you say I'm going to do this in five years think about you don't need to start in five years maybe you can start now yeah. just try to find a time if we can find time to watch Netflix or chill in the evenings for hours we can definitely find the time to think of something that we really enjoy and that we'd like to work on and figure mm-hmm. out ways of how we can just begin so just just get started and just get started now and also don't don't let your background or where you've come from or the journey that you've been on previously to this point affect your decision-making. So I think sometimes if you've gone through things, um, whether that be in your childhood or mental health, or you've had relationship problems, I think some people can take that in a negative way and use that negatively and let that mask let that create a path for them. You've had mm-hmm. these past experiences. You're going to now go down a negative path. You don't have to do that. You can burn that bridge, basically. You find a new path for yourself and build your own way in life. And I think channel channel negativity into positivity and just start, just start now and today, right now, <laughs> as I'm speaking to you, just think it could be a budget. It could be something to do with a budget. It couldn't, it might not even necessarily be a monetary goal. It could be mm. that you want to travel somewhere really, you really would like to see this part of the world. Um, figure out how you can do that, how long it will take you to save to go there or and why you want to do that. So just begin and yeah, turn negativities into positivity. Love it. Like, so when's your book coming out, girl? <laughs> when's my book? <laughs> I thought about that one briefly. <laughs> Honestly, I'm like, the sheet, I was about to Google you. I'm like, this girl must have a book because her story is just way too inspirational. Um, but yeah, I feel like, 
you know, so many young people, I do hope, listen to this. And if there are any adults listening to this episode of the podcast, please share it with all the young people in your life. Just share them the link and say, listen to this and give me a call once you've, you know, finished listening to it. Um, Doesn't matter what age they are, if even if they're 10, because it's planting the seed and it's, it's showing them what's possible and it's showing them that the challenges that they may have or might be going through, it's it's not uncommon. You know, where we all face our challenges in childhood when it comes to money, personal development, career choices. And so it's making them aware that they're not alone. Yeah. So please do share it with any um, young person that's in, in your life. Um, Ashni, you have been such an amazing guest. I Thank feel you. like we could go oh. on and on and on and not run out of anything to say. Um, Like where can the listeners find you? Um, So I discuss money a lot um, on VC underscore save. So you can find me on there and I talk about all things financial. I also document my savings journey and my journey to home ownership. Um, And then from there, I'll document my journey in renovations and just document my personal life, I think, but around the financial side. So you can find me at VC underscore saves. Amazing. I'm definitely, well, I'm already following your journey and I'm definitely going to be interested in the renovation part of it. Um, So yeah, I will be tuning in. So make sure you go and follow Vashni on her Instagram account and just send her some love and just share with her. You can send her a DM about um, your biggest aha moment and what you enjoyed about her story. Vashni, thank you so, so much. And I would definitely love to have you again in the future just to, you know, catch up and to see where, where you're at and to hear about your travel stories as well. (laughs) thank you so much Esther you've been absolutely amazing and thank you for letting me speak on your platform I really hope that there's some people listening that can take a lot of notes and I hope it can inspire someone definitely and if you've got any questions for myself do send an email um the details will be in the show notes and also Vashni's links to her social media platforms will also be on the show notes so do stay in touch and Thank you so much. Like, hopefully we'll be out of lockdown soon. So do continue to take care of yourself and give yourself what you need. Thank you again for listening to Boss of My Money podcast with Esther. I hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode. And if you'd like me to answer any of your questions, you can include your name or it can be anonymous. Then do send your questions to Esther at Boss of My Money. .co.uk. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. I would really appreciate it if you took time to also rate and review this podcast. Stop by at bossofmymoney.co.uk for more details on how you can get started on your financial success journey. See you again on the next episode.